Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, August 23rd. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, this week has been kind of quiet. That's a big change of pace after the last several weeks that have been packed with news. There weren't any big trade war announcements this week. There wasn't a whole lot of economic data to move the markets. We did get the minutes from last month's Fed meeting, but that didn't really reveal anything earth-shaking either. Gold has reflected this general calm, drifting downward a bit as last week's recession panic cooled. That just goes to show how short-sighted markets tend to be. I mean, it's not like the recession has been canceled. But as we all know, the markets move on news and emotion, and there wasn't a whole lot of news or emotion during this week. Now, interestingly, the two-year, 10-year yield curve briefly moved back into inversion territory overnight. And there was also a bit of bad economic data that came out yesterday. A private survey showed U.S. manufacturing activity in August contracted for the first time in almost a decade. Gold has drifted up and down, crossing the key $1,500 level several times during the week. This morning, it was actually below $1,500 when I first got up. It's now back above $1,500 as I record this podcast, trading at about $1,502. At this point, it looks like we're probably heading toward the first weekly loss for gold in the last four. But despite the week's declines, gold prices have risen nearly 6% so far this month. Silver has also dropped a little bit this week, but it is held above 17 bucks. But hey, the week isn't over yet, and pretty much everybody is wait-and-see mode for the biggest event of the week, which is still on deck. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell is scheduled to speak at Jackson Hole. If Powell sounds significantly more hawkish, like if he were to hint that there won't be another rate cut in September, gold would likely take a tumble. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Fed chair will basically meet market expectations. He'll keep walking that line and he'll say we need a little bit more preemptive easing, maybe a little bit of mid-cycle adjustment, but he'll probably continue to try to convince you that this is not part of a broader easing cycle. So basically, the same message we got after the July meeting. Now, if I'm right, then I don't think we'll have any major impact on gold. The market is already priced in a 25 basis point cut for next month. But if Powell comes out even more dovish, well, then gold would have another big boost. But you would have to indicate that the Fed is going to cut deeper than a quarter percent. Now, based on the Fed minutes, there were some FOMC members who wanted to go 50 basis points last time around, but I don't really see that happening. I think we're going to get a slow drift lower, unless something really ugly happens in the markets. Powell can't afford to get too aggressive because it'll look like he's capitulating to President Trump, who has continued to browbeat the Fed chair and demand more aggressive easing. I'm going to get into that here in just a few minutes. I read an interesting Reuters report as I was doing show prep this morning that speculated that pressure from the White House is starting to impact how the Fed communicates. Basically, the thinking is that the central bank doesn't want to tip its hand. And there was certainly language in the minutes that support this idea. The FOMC said it would be guided by incoming information and its implications for the economic outlook, and that it wants to avoid any appearance of following a preset course. One thing the board did appear to broadly agree on, though, is that rates should fall again by the end of the year. But look, like I've been saying, there is a preset course. It's down. I mean, the Fed may not even realize it yet, but we are on our way to zero. 
Peter Schiff was on RT Boom Bust this week. He said this little pause in the gold rally is a great time to get into gold. He said he thinks that anything below $1,500 per ounce is a great entry point. Peter said gold is really going to start to soar when the traders figure out that the only reason we've saved the market from collapse is because the central banks have capitulated, particularly the Fed. We're seeing rate cuts all over the world. Next, we're going to start seeing more quantitative easing. This is all meant to help the stock markets, but all of the money that they'll have to print to prop up stocks is going to help gold more than it's going to help stocks. Billionaire hedge fund guru Mark Mobius also chimed in on gold this week, saying you should be buying gold at any level. His reasoning dovetails with Peter's. Mobius said, the reason why I say that is the money supply is up, up, up. You know, with the efforts by these central banks to lower interest rates, they're going to be printing like crazy. I want to pivot now and talk a little bit about President Trump and this strange economic tightrope that he's trying to walk. The president is advancing two conflicting narratives about the economy. On the one hand, Trump continues to insist that the U.S. economy is so strong, as he put it in a tweet recently. He often talks up the economy in hyperbolic terms. He's gone as far as to call it the greatest economy in the history of our country. On the other hand, the president continues to call for and get the kind of Keynesian monetary and fiscal stimulus that one would expect to see in the depths of a deep recession. Trump has badgered Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell for months, demanding interest rate cuts. Even after the Fed dropped rates 25 basis points in July, Trump took to Twitter to criticize the central bank, insisting it wasn't going far enough. This week, Trump called for a 100 basis point rate cut. Now, let's put that into perspective. A 100 basis point cut would take the interest rate down to 1%. That would equal the lowest level Alan Greenspan pushed interest rates down to in 2003 during the depths of the recession that followed the popping of the dot-com bubble and the 9-11 terror attacks. In fact, the Trump economy has already benefited tremendously from easy monetary policy. In January, we got the Powell pause, which breathed a little life back into the tanking stock market, and we also got the rate cut last month. So we are getting monetary stimulus, even as the economy is so strong. In contrast, after Greenspan dropped rates to 1% during the post-dot-com bubble recession, the Fed pushed rates all the way back up to 5.25% before the ensuing housing bubble popped in 2007. So Trump has gotten plenty of easy money. Remember, we only got to 2.5% this time around. Fiscal stimulus in the form of government deficit spending has also helped prop up the economy. In a nutshell, the federal government has spent money out the wazoo since Trump took office. I've been covering this spending on this podcast, but just as a reminder, the 2019 fiscal year budget deficit has already eclipsed the 2018 shortfall with two months left to go, and the 2018 deficit was nothing to sneeze at. We may well end up with a $1 trillion deficit this year. The last time the deficit was this high was in fiscal 2012 when the budget shortfall reached nearly $1.1 trillion. In 2009, at the height of the Great Recession stimulus panic, the deficit reached $1.4 trillion. So in other words, we're seeing recession-level government spending and deficits when the economy is supposedly the strongest in the history of forever. So what am I getting at here? Well, in simplest terms, the great Trump economy is being propped up by extraordinary stimulus, both monetary and fiscal. It's the kind of stimulus you would expect during a steep 
economic downturn, and the president wants more of it. This reveals the incoherence of the president's economic messaging. Why do you need extraordinary stimulus, interest rate cuts, huge deficits, if you have the best economy in the history of forever? The reality is that the Federal Reserve's easy money policies have driven economic growth and asset prices since the 2008 financial crisis. It drove economic growth and the surge of the stock market during the latter years of the Obama administration, and it continues to drive economic growth and the surge in the stock market during the Trump administration. Ironically, the president accurately called the stock market a big, fat, ugly bubble during the 2016 campaign. Now, after he took up residence in the Oval Office, he branded the bubble with a big Trump T, and he adopted it as his own. This explains why Trump is so desperate for more interest rate cuts. He knows the bubble economy can only keep limping along with more stimulus, and he needs the economy to keep limping along until 2020 and the election. Yep, this is all politics, baby. The fact is the economy is not great. It hasn't been great for years. It's a bubble economy built on debt facilitated by easy money central banking. I think Trump knows it. That's why he keeps trying to bully poor old Jerome Powell. The U.S. economy is heading for a recession. The recent recession chatter isn't some kind of evil media plot to make Trump look bad. A recession has been looming for a long time. Heck, Peter Schiff was talking about the recession being a done deal way back in January. Trump has managed to delay the inevitable thanks to his tax cuts and recession-like deficit spending. I've said this before. I really think that we'd be in a recession now if Hillary Clinton had been elected. Now, Jerome Powell lent Trump a helping hand with a little monetary stimulus when the Fed did a 180 on interest rate normalization earlier this year and cut rates in July. But look, you can only kick the can down the road for so long until you run out of road. The economics of the Fed-induced boom-bust cycle guarantee a recession. Here's the question, are you ready? If not, or if you don't know whether you're ready or not, I highly recommend talking with a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist. They can help explain what's going on right now, what we're looking at in the future, and they can help you get ready. Call 1-888-GOLD-160 today. Well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links for that stuff on the show notes page. And if you're listening on YouTube, as always, we appreciate it when you share your thoughts on what's going on in the gold market and the economy. So that is it for this week. I will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening.